This morning, I want to, I'm just calling this living life with a real purpose. And really, I want to ask answer a question because I know there are a lot of visitors here. I know there are a lot of people that, that don't know really who, we're here, who we are or why we're here. And so, you know, I've heard this question over and over and over as, as we've planted this church. Why does Eagles Wing Church exist? Why are, why are you here? And I've been asked that question a number of times over the past four years. And in the beginning, people would ask it this way, okay? They would say, why do we need another church? Y'all ever, ever heard that? Why do we need another church? We have churches on every corner. And I understand what they were saying. I understand what they meant. But that question is also a commentary on the church today. If there's a church on every corner, why are people still dying and going to hell? They're dying because they live across from churches, next door to churches, behind churches, and the church is not doing what the church was called to do. The church exists to keep people from dying and going to hell. That's what Jesus died for. Jesus died on the cross to make sure that people like us had another option. And we exist as a church to make sure that people hear that option. Over the next few weeks, I want to share with you some of the core values that we have built into our ministry and that we've, we've built into our fellowship here. Uh, for me and for many of the folks that are part of Eagle's Wing, these are hills that we're willing to die okay? These are, these are beliefs that we're not going to compromise. Not for anything. Not for anyone and not for anything. But they're, they're values that I think when you hear them, you will understand why we're so passionate about them. They're not just witty statements, okay? I mean, you can, you can craft that stuff and it sounds really good, but it doesn't mean anything. They're not mystical stuff. I mean, they're, they're down to earth and they have practical meaning. And they sum up really why we exist as a church. Everything we do, we measure by these core values. Or we don't do them. So I want to give you the purpose for why we exist. Okay? Why we're here. Why we've, we've we planted and why we spent a year in a school and why we spent the last three years in a, in a storefront. And why today God's allowed us to come into a, to a, a historic church and, and, to, and to develop some growth and, and some deeper roots. We exist as a church to pursue the heart of God. Okay? That's the first part. And if you don't get the first part, the rest of this stuff makes no sense. It has no context. We exist to pursue the heart of God and to intentionally provide a place of refuge where broken souls can be restored through life's changing relationships with God. Okay, that's why we exist in one sentence. We're here to go after God and we're here to go after people. You know what? I was a person who, had a, who was broken and who needed to be restored and who needed a life-changing relationship with God, and somebody shared Jesus with me. 
As I sit in this church, I, my mind goes back to a, to a little Methodist church that's next door to the property that I grew up on and that I live on. It look, the front looks a lot like it. The altar, I mean, I could close my eyes and I could be in Bethel Church. And I, I knelt as an eight-year-old kid at an altar just like this, and Jesus came into my life. He changed my life. You see, God is intentional. He wants to change us, but He wants us to pursue Him. And by, by doing this, by existing as a church to pursue the heart of God and to intentionally provide a place, a refuge where broken souls can be restored through life-changing relationship with God, you know what happens? We obey the great commandment. You know what the great commandment is? Jesus summed the great commandment up this way. He said this in, in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. He said, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Think about that for a minute. All your, all your soul, all your strength, all your might, all your mind, all your heart. That's pretty much all of us. That's everything that's a part of us. We're to love God with everything. That's the great commandment. And that's what we exist as a church to pursue the heart of God. We're going to go after God. Okay? We're not going to go after a religious service. We're not going to go after a crowd. We're going to go after God. And if we go after God, God will take care of the crowds. Okay? He'll bring the people. Because, listen to me, I know this because I was one. People are hungry for Jesus. They're not hungry for religion. They're not hungry for, 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 for fake. They're hungry for real. And Jesus is real. The crowds followed Jesus because He was real. The common people followed Jesus because He was real. And folks, we're going to go after God. But, but the, the neat thing is, is that this, this not only fulfills the great commandment, it feels, fulfills the great commission. Now, this is going to sound a little different to most of you. Mark 12, 31 says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, wait a minute, Pastor. That's not the Great Commission. The Great Commission's in Matthew 28. It sure is. This is another way of saying the Great Commission. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Listen to me. If you don't love your neighbor, you don't have a right to share the gospel. Now, that may sound a little stark. But if you don't love God, you won't love your neighbor. And if you don't love your neighbor, you won't share the gospel. And sadly, that's what's happened in the church. We've not loved our neighbors as we've loved ourselves. And we've not shared the gospel. What we've done is we've shared programs and we've shared processes and we've sh uh, shared things that have steps. We haven't shared Jesus. Only Jesus can transform a person's life. Only Jesus can take garbage and turn it into holiness. Only Jesus can do that. The Great Commission says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Listen to me. Without love, okay? without genuine love for God and genuine love for other people. The gospel has no context. Okay? It has no meaning. 
It can't be understood. That's why often people will stare at people who are sharing the gospel is because they don't, they don't know, have a clue what the context is. They don't know if you care anything about them. Sometimes they feel pushed into a corner. Have you ever been witness to, 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 some, to someone that, that was what we affectionately call the God squad? I mean, they, they, had, they had one desire. They were going to share the gospel, and they were going to ask for a commitment. Okay? Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Okay? We need to be a little more tenacious in sharing the gospel. But here's the deal. If that person doesn't know I care, that person's not going to know that Jesus cares. And if that person doesn't understand that love, that there's no context for the good news. The good news doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but Nelson, Jesus died on the cross. He was buried in a grave and, and he was raised from the dead and that's the gospel. Yeah, but you know why Jesus did that? Because he loved us. And he desired to restore a relationship that had been broken between us and God. And so without a deep abiding love for God and, a, and an intimate relationship with God, we can't truly love our neighbor. And if we don't love our neighbor, we won't share the gospel with them. And our desire as a church is to change that one person at a time. How are we going to do that? By learning how to pursue God. That's where it starts, folks. When you begin to love God... You begin to love people. It just happens. Scripture says, John says, if, 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 you don't love your, your, if you don't love your neighbor, how can you say you love God? I mean, that's what Scripture says. And so we want to we change that. We want people to understand that, that it's about a relationship with God. It's not about religion. Okay? Jesus didn't die on the cross for religion. Okay. He didn't die for a denomination. He died for people. He died for, for, to restore our ability to have a passionate relationship with God. See, God is not just master. And we're not just servant. God wants to be friend. He wants to be lover. He wants to be uh, intimate. He wants to be that heart-to-heart connection that we make yes Jesus died on the cross and he, he died a part of that was to forgive our sins it certainly was and a part of it was to give us eternal life and it was to, 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 to enable us to have a home in heaven but you know what those things don't have any real meaning they have no context they don't make sense apart from a living relationship with God I mean, I've talked to Christians before that said, what are we going to do in heaven? Now, y'all laugh. You ever thought that? I mean, we're going to be there forever and ever. I mean, I had some back issues back in the 80s, and I got to spend about six weeks in bed. I thought that was going to be grand. I couldn't, I mean, I just couldn't wait to get home from the doctor and crawl in. Okay, because I like to sleep. But you know what? You can only sleep so much. You can only read so much. And you can only watch soap operas for so long. 
Okay? You, you, just, you can only handle so much of that stuff. You can only count the dots and the holes in the, in the tiles and in the sheetrock. And then all of a sudden, it's just you all by yourself. Think about it. We're going to be in heaven for eternity. Folks, if we don't have a re- much of a relationship now, what's going to happen when we get there? We're not going to know what to do. Jesus came to restore the relationship that had been broken. He came so that, that, that we could have a real relationship. Not, you know, I know Jesus and Jesus knows me, but you know what? I know Jesus. I spent time with Jesus this morning. I walk with him every day. I know what Jesus likes and what he doesn't like. I've talked to him. We had a long conversation. And, and you know what? I didn't just talk, but he talked. That's what I'm talking about relationship, folks. A passionate one. Some of you are married. And some of you are, are dating. You know what? If there's no passion in a relationship, there's no fire there. We ought to have a, a fiery relationship with God. A passion. Passion marked Jesus. Jesus, when he saw the temple, and he saw the area where the Gentiles, the only place they had to pray in the temple surrounds, when he saw it filled with animals and tables and buyers and sellers, the scripture says he got passionately angry about it. He was a man with passion. He died on a cross for us. Let me just tell you something. I know enough about crucifixion to know this, that nobody would choose that death. Okay? Yet he did it because he passionately loved us. And he desires, he wants us to passionately love him the same way. Folks, a relationship with God, the kind of relationship I'm talking about, is a catalyst that will change us. Listen to me. You can try as hard as you want to. You can work your fingers to the bone. You can do better. You can do good. But none of those things have the ability to change us. It's only in a relationship with God that we are changed. Because we're not changed from the outside in. We are changed from the inside out. Okay? We can modify our behavior but it won't change. But when we have a relationship with God, He changes us. He changes us from the heart first. Therefore, one of the the number one, or the number one core value we have that we teach, and that you're going to hear from me over and over and over, is this. We will actively seek an intimate relationship with God. Okay? Everything we do is to enhance our relationship with God. Okay? If we do a mission trip, it's to enhance our relationship with God. If we do a worship service, it's to enhance our relationship with God. If I preach or I teach, it's to help enhance our relationship with God. Okay? Because if we do anything else, we are wasting time. If we don't leave this place today with a hunger to know God better, then, then as a pastor, I've failed. Okay? I want to say some things, and I don't want you to misunderstand me. But salvation is a free gift. Okay? And by salvation, I mean forgiveness of our sins. 
I mean the, the, the exchange of our sinful uh, ways for the righteousness of Christ. And I mean eternal life in heaven. All of those things. We go from being a sinner to becoming a saint. A holy one in God. Those things. That's a free gift Jesus gives. Okay? He offers it to anyone who will receive it. Who will take it. He purchased our salvation, folks. He paid for it on the cross. And He paid for it with His blood. And He paid for it with His broken body. As as one of the hymns says, Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Jesus paid it all. It's a free gift of God. But listen to me. I want you to hear this. An intimate relationship with God costs. Okay? It will cost you something. It has a price. You have to actively seek it. You have to passionately go after the heart of God. You receive salvation. That's the front door to God's house. And then He invites us to come in. The sad thing is, most Christians are crowded on the front porch. They've never been in God's house. They don't know God's heart. All they've heard is a little here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and that's pretty much it. Or maybe a little Christian television. Okay? Which if you're not careful, and you watch too many, too much of it, it'll mess you all up. Okay? Most believers have never gone through the front door. They've never stepped into that front door where the heart of God is. They've never plumbed the depths of what God wants and why God wants it. All we know is, thou shalt not. And if I do, then God shall do this. Okay? That's what most Christians believe. Folks, that's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is a God whose loving kindness, His grace, goes forth without measure. He's a God who is long-suffering, meaning he's long, He will suffer long to bring one person into the kingdom. He's willing to go to extremes to get you and me where we need to be. He's willing to not look over, but to look past our failures, so that He can change us into what He has purposed us to be. Folks, he, He's a God of grace and a God of love. Like I mentioned, those of you that are, that are married, and those of you that, that are dating, or, or maybe you're somebody who has a very close relationship, a friendship with someone, you have to pursue that relationship. You have to go out of your way to, to, to work on that relationship. Or you know what? That relationship... It won't exist. You have to pursue it. You you have to make some phone calls. You have to communicate. You You have to serve one another. You have to reach out. All of those things are necessary. You can't wait for it to come to you. Relationship is hard work. Salvation, trusting in Jesus as your Savior and your Lord is the first step. But it's just the first step. It's what opens the door to God's heart. Folks, it's, it's, it's why Jesus died, so that the door could be opened back. You remember Adam and Eve? And what happened every day in the garden, in the cool of the day, God would come and He would walk with them. Folks, that's what relationship is. It's walking with God day in and day out. It's a journey from one point to another point. We're going from our house to His house. 
That's what relationship is. You remember the great commandment? All your heart, all your mind, all your strength, all your soul. All of you has to go after God. All of you. Before He's going to reveal much more of Himself to you. Here's a statement that's true. Every person in this room and in the overflow has as much of God as they want right now. Okay? You say, well, uh, uh, uh." no, that's true. We have as much as we want. If we wanted more, we would have more. We would go after more. We wouldn't be satisfied with, with, with the relationship where it's at. You see, God is a God who when you taste Him, I mean, when you get Him in your mouth and you can't get the taste out, it drives you to want more. I don't know if you've ever been thirsty. When I played football, and Roger can attest to this, he, he was right beside me. When we played football, uh, when we started having cramps, they give us salt tablets. Well, the issue was we were, we were dehydrated. We didn't, have, we didn't have enough fluid in our bodies. So we're getting salt tablets, which just made us more thirsty, and they didn't, we didn't get water. Now, things have changed in a long time since we played. But it's like that with God. When you really taste God, I mean, when you get a mouthful of God, you're ruined. Okay? You're ruined. The, the, the normal stuff, the regular stuff, what everybody else talks about, what everybody else thinks is so grand, it's not enough anymore. You want more. You want more. You want more. Folks, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about relationship. It's available to anybody that will go after God with all their heart. One of my favorite verses, this is one of my life verses, is in Jeremiah 29, verse 13. It says, you will seek me. This is God talking. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Folks, the only reason that a person doesn't have a a passionate relationship with God is because that person is not seeking God with all their heart. All their heart. Most people, at best, are half-hearted seekers. Okay? God is just one of the things that we're seeking after. He's one of a host of things. Kids and jobs and careers and, and riches and recreation and you name whatever fits that blank for you. You know what God says? I'll not be just another item on your grocery list. I'll not be another check mark on your to-do list. You see, a lot of people check off salvation as, as one of those eternal check marks that once I've checked it, I'm good to go. And they don't worry about the relationship aspect of it. And they never move past that place. They remain baby Christians. And it's sad when you see a believer who's been a believer for 40 years and they're an infant. They don't know Jesus any better than they did on that day that they met Him. Folks, Jesus wants us to know Him. He wants us to know the depths of His heart. God says, you know what? I'm not going to be just another item you check off your your to-do list. I want to be your everything. Or you're not ever going to know the depths of my heart. There are some things that are hidden until we pursue, until we go after, until we reach for it. And if you come to my house and you eat dinner with me, 
If you don't pick the bowl up and you don't spoon something out of it and put it on the table, you're probably not going to get anything to eat, okay? Because I'm probably not going to feed you, all right? Unless you're under a certain age. But that's what we want when it comes to God. We, we, want, to, we want to be just, we want to open our mouth and Him put something in it. Folks, we have to go after Him. We have to pursue Him. A lot of believers feel this way as well. They feel like that salvation is their eternal fire insurance policy or their get-out-of-hell-free card. It's not, okay? It's an open door to the heart of God. When we come to, to Christ in salvation, God exposes His heart to us and invites us in. Okay? He invites us in. Folks, God loves you with an everlasting love. That's a love that has no beginning, it has no end, it can't be measured, and you can experience as much of it as you want to. I'm going to say this again, God's not angry at you. If you don't hear anything else, I'll say this this morning, God's not mad at you. Okay? God's not disappointed at you. God doesn't hate you. Jesus came to die on a cross to pay the wrath of God, to satisfy the wrath, to satisfy the anger, to satisfy the disappointment. And He did it. Okay? 100%. God's not mad anymore. He loves you. He loves you so much that He has pursued you with salvation. You want to know how much God loves you? He nailed His Son to a cross so that you and I didn't have to die and spend eternity in hell. That's how much God loves you. That's how much He's pursued you. Now, we have to pursue Him. We have to chase after His heart if we want to taste it. Okay? He chased us when we were dead in our trespasses and sin. I love this verse in Romans 5 eight. It says, but God demonstrates His own love toward us. In other words, He, he makes it evident how much He loves us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, not, not after we changed and became saints, but while we were stinking, dirty, rotten sinners who hated God and could care less about anything God wanted, God showed His love to us. And Christ died for us. You know what? Most Christians don't get that. They don't get it. They think God will love them more if they do more. If they do more things. If, if they do things better. And you know what? God wants you to experience that everlasting love that He has for you at this very moment. He wants you to reach out and take it. He wants you to grasp it. Okay? He just wants you to take it. He longs for you to pursue His heart. You say, well, how, how could God long for you? I didn't say God needs you to do it, okay? God doesn't need anything. God desires it. He wants it. He created Adam and He created Eve not to be servants, not to work for God. God has angels. If you've read anything about angels, they move pretty quick. Some of them have six wings. 
which means they can move a lot quicker than we can. They can be in places we can't be. So God doesn't need us to do things for Him. God wants us to have relationship with Him. That's why He created man, and that's why He created woman. That's our purpose. And folks, a lot of people die, lost and saved alike, who never realize what their purpose is. They never realize that, you know what, I could have had... I could have had intimacy with God. I could have had a real relationship with God. It it wasn't just do this and do that and and hope He likes it. It was, you know what? God loves me. God's pleased with me. You know what? I messed up today. God still loves me. You know what? I, I failed miserably today. I shouldn't have said that. But you know what? My God still loves me. And He's changing me. See, that's what relationship's about, folks. He longs for you to pursue His heart so that He can reveal more of who He is to you. So He can unfold, literally, your destiny as you pursue the purpose for which He created you. God created Adam and He created Eve with that purpose for relationship. And listen, He created each one of us. He created you with that purpose. To have a relationship with Him. He doesn't need it. He wants it. And He wants the same kind of relationship that He has with His Son, Jesus. Okay? There's a, there's a verse that, that just destroys me every time I read it. It's found in John 17. And, and most people call John 17 uh, the high priestly prayer of Jesus. But Jesus prays this prayer. And I'll never forget reading this verse. It won't be on the screen. Okay? You'll have to read the prayer to find it. But Jesus prays something like this. He says, Father, I pray that they will know that you love them as much as you love me. I got to tell you something. When I grasped that that day, it rocked my world. God loves me. Mr. Mess Up. Mr. Who Can't Get It Right. Mr. Unorganized. Mr. Stick his foot in his mouth and speak too fast. Mr. Note doesn't think, just does. Then has to clean up the mess. God loves me as much as he loves his son who is perfect. You know what? God loves you the exact same way. I've already said this, but I'm going to say it again because it's the truth. I am the most messed up person on this planet. Okay? But I have tasted God. I can take you to the place where I got the taste, and I have been ruined ever since. Folks, I was a Pharisee. Okay? A Pharisee. I, I, you had to do this and this and this and this and this and I had to please God and I had, I had to read this much and I had to pray this long and I had to share the gospel X number of times. I mean, I, that's where I was at. And you know what? I was miserable. I wanted to dry up and die. And God showed up. And His heart touched my tongue. And I'm burnt. Okay? That's what my daddy would say. I'm ruined. I don't ever want to go back to religion. It almost killed me. 
And folks, what I have seen is when a person tastes relationship. And when they begin to be transformed, they won't settle for church as normal. We're not here, folks. I want you to listen to me. We're not here to do church. If you want to do church, there are all kinds of churches scattered throughout this, this area that will do church for you. We're here to pursue God. And that means we're willing to pay the price, the cost, whatever it is, to touch the hem of His garment. To grab hold of Him. We're here to go after Him. We're not here for Him to come after us. We're here to go after Him. Because if we go after Him, folks, He will show up. And He will manifest Himself. And you don't have to worry about the power of God being in a place because where God's presence is, God's power falls. And you know what? God wants us to want His presence. He wants us to want His heart, not what He can do for us. That's important. But if I want what He can do for me, He just becomes my my cosmic servant. He's not the God I love. Folks, I want to pursue a God who has pursued me. A God who loves me as much as He loves His own Son. And you know what? I want to go deeper. What I've found is every time I think I've arrived at that place where it can't get any better, it can. And it will. And it does. And you know what? There are people in this room this morning who want the same thing. You may not have known it before you got here, but you do now. You want genuine relationship. You don't want religion. You want relationship. So why do we exist as a church? To actively pursue an intimate relationship with God. And folks, when a person has an intimate relationship with God, I don't have to preach, and I don't have to teach, and I don't have to go on and on and on about you need to read your Bible, you need to pray, you need to share the gospel. Those just become natural resources of that relationship. It just happens. You ever met somebody that was in love? I mean, they're sick then. Because all they want to tell you about is the person they're in love with. Right? I mean, it's, it's, you, you sit back and you go, oh man, this is not going to last. You know, give them some time. But folks, that's what we are supposed to be as, as the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be sickeningly in love with Jesus. And everything that comes out of our mouth have something to do with Jesus. Give some kind of glory to Jesus. You know what? If you talk to a person very long, you'll know what they like. you know what they love. As children of God, we ought to, people ought to know what we love. They ought to know that we love Jesus. You know what? I mentioned this earlier. I've said it two or three times. But salvation is the front door. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Listen to me. He died on the cross for you. He loves you with all His heart. And you've done nothing that His sacrifice, that His blood can't pay. And He offers you that love free. He offers you who He is in exchange for what you are and what you've done. He takes it. He puts it behind Him. He forgives you. You know what? You get a second chance. Second chance. 
it's, but it's just the front door. Once He's given you that second chance, He opens His heart up to you. And He offers His heart to you. And you can know as much of it as you want to know. You can know Him as deeply as you want to know it. You can walk at arm's length. Or you know what? You can walk up under here, under the bosom. I, I love what it t- when it talks the bosom of Abraham. That was the, that was the place of intimacy. And folks, that's where I want to exist. And that's where I want to be as a pastor of a church. And God's inviting every person in this room to come into His house off the front porch and explore His heart. Explore His heart. Folks, it's about relationship. It's about relationship. Let's pray. Father, this morning. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.